Hello and welcome. Come on in from the cold out there. Take off your raincoat and cozy up by the warm, glowing, warming glow of the Grog Pod Roguelike Podcast, where each episode we use our tools to break open a small, medium, or large rogue-style game and deliver it to you, the listeners, for that sweet, sweet amber. Uh, I am the Beaver Architect, who uh, did a new addition to the Guggenheim, uh, Scott Berger, and currently feasting on biscuits and ale to keep their happiness up for this episode are my co-hosts. I am a bloodthirsty lizard uh, who just wants to sit by the fire. Uh, your friend, Colin. I am Andrew Harshman, uh, known for my uh, relatively pleasant aesthetic and exterior, which is uh, hiding a uh, frustrating experience at its core. Uh, Will. Yeah, and this is this is Will Wright, your armadillo-looking human. <laughs> well, this episode, we are pleased to talk about our Seattle area weather simulator, Against the Storm. Released uh, in early access November 1st, 2022, and recently 1.0'd uh, December 8th, 2023. Uh, this is a game that you can find on Steam and interestingly Xbox Game Pass, but the PC only version of it? Question mark? Uh, makes me wonder if there's uh, plans for console releases in the future. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's your PC exclusive episode for today. Uh, Against the Storm is brought to us by the developer Aramite Games out of Roclaw, Poland, uh, who I think is another uh, Dead Cells-style uh, game dev co-op where it's only it's only six people, and I think they all pay themselves the same, uh, which is always a fun thing to uh, to call out when that happens. Uh, and published by Hooded Horse, who have I think a, a pedigree with other kind of city builder type strategy games with uh some notable entries of empires of the undergrowth uh i don't know have any idea how to pronounce this one uh necessi n-e-c-e-s-s-e uh <laughs> and then uh last year or 2022 with terra invicta and then 2023 with against the storm uh again players of this game your average player of this game to get a sense of content has about 80 hours of gameplay in it um Wait, it's only been out for like a month right. yeah <clears throat> suffering some from some uh, blight rot uh here uh yeah this uh well we'll get into it this game has got some some dedicated fans and some deep content uh to it so uh and, and that's just the average like the 90th percentile is like 300 plus hours so uh and against the storm rolls in on our popularity rankings at the 50th most popular roguelike with 21,836 total reviews. Uh the will will the listeners are at maximum impatience with my stats ramblings. Uh how would you describe against the storm in one sentence to calm them down? <clears throat> oh man, uh one sentence here. It's a oh, fuck what <laughs> <laughs> uh, an extraordinarily aggravating city builder. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, yeah. That's, that's the one sentence. Yeah, that's what it is. Perhaps it's uh, some kind of art piece. Maybe it's like this meta piece of content where you're supposed to be managing your, you know, villagers' mood, and in reality, you're having to regulate your own emotions <laughs> and not get too aggravated. At least that was part of my experience. 
Uh, but but, but seriously, what what is it, folks? I haven't played a lot of city builders. Uh, it's it is a city management worker management um, game set in a semi whimsical, semi unique uh, fantasy world with roguelike elements. With the which is ab- absolute. Let us underline. I didn't get that far in the game, but like <laughs> roguelike, the fact that. I I'm not even I mean I'm on a podcast about roguelikes so obviously I I'm invested to some extent but like You're I would if there was like when the gamer like the great schism happens and we all have to divide up into our chosen game genres of choice and fight to the death like I'm throwing my lot in with you know FPS like meatheads like easy day one I I I <laughs> I, I do not like I don't feel like being a roguelike gamer is at the core of my identity but when you said that this was the 50th most popular, I felt like a little bit of, ooh, boy, uh, uh, anger just boiling up. Like, what, a, well, what an affront to it's, it's, it's an important, It's barely a roguelike. It's an important uh, uh, measurement of nuance in that the way that that uh, data set is built and ranked is if any game on Steam is tagged with oh, sure. even, I, even I one tag, so it gets up on there. But... Gotcha, gotcha. Nonetheless, it is a startling. That's a startling statistic to me. I mean, so let's let's start off with people like this game a lot. A it's, lot, a lot. Uh, universal acclaim. Uh, well, near universal after this episode. Uh, I think uh, what what is it? It's overwhelmingly positive on Steam. Uh, no then, way. There's no way. It is. It is very highly. Highly Sorry. rated, not uh, even just recent reviews, like, very positive, overwhelmingly yeah. positive for all reviews. So, like, people, many people like this game. We are going to be the outliers on yeah, this review. And I did not expect to to have to break out the Grog Pod uh, uh, disclaimer mobile for this one with a, a bright le- a bright red uh, uh, neon sign that's buzzing that says, All devs go to heaven and it's okay to like or not like a game. Yay. I, I thought for sure. Great model. Especially after our Tome episode where I'm like, you know what? Will had a rough go. We're going to pitch him an underhanded softball with this one. It's got city building. It has roguiness sure. stuff in it. Yeah, and it has beavers. Uh, what more does Will want? Harpies? Uh you know, it's got everything on the tin that uh, that we could be going for. And to uh, I think <laughs> as we were putting in our rankings just before hitting that record button, I was like, ooh, uh, you know, I'm glad that this game is is really jiving it for some people. But uh, but yeah, this this may have been a, a whiff on our part, but uh, we're dedicated to the listeners who uh, submitted us to cover this episode we're gonna I'm not do... maybe Scott <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we played it I I think it was an interesting game and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys I've been holding back in this past week because I didn't want to like uh blow all of the talking points because I want to talk about it with you then but I'm excited to get into it because sure, and, sure, and it's sure. interesting because I think most of us, uh, Andrew maybe being the odd man out this week, but most of us having a pretty decent affinity for Civ, maybe I guess 4X games in general, although I'm not sure. Well, anyway, uh, Factorio, we're all pretty big Factorio heads. StarCraft, Warcraft, uh, it's definitely uh, Andrew's camp. 
Frostpunk, which I feel like is the most uh, similar game to this. I mean, I put in 20 hours of that game, like not not a huge amount, but like I played it through and enjoyed it. And surely taking all those games and putting them into a big Vitamix blender and hitting that unpause button and having it go, surely the end result would be some kind of delicious slurry that we would all enjoy, right? Not quite. And we're going <laughs> to talk about why. Well, I think... Who wants to lead us off? Well, okay. So maybe I always like... Uh, story to... so far, perhaps? Yeah, like, so the, the story a in this game... Note. Uh, I yeah, like, I think this game starts on a very interesting note, where you you boot it up and you're greeted with this very kind of tantalizing tutorial and and, and tutorial and cinematic sequence where it's like, you know, you have like this very cool uh um sequence of like storms and this very uh, deeply nice narrator voice who's not suffering from uh cold that says. Uh, the world is plagued by the blight storm, a vile cycle of destruction ravaging everything in its path. The only safe haven is the smoldering city where mysterious scorched queen reigns. Uh, and then it goes on to uh, say, you are one of her vo viceroys, a pioneer sent out into the wilds, tasked with establishing new settlements and acquiring valuable resources for the crown. Your goal in this game is to help rebuild the smoldering city and secure the future of the queen's subjects. That, that kind of starts us off. And I think right after that, it drops you right into the first tutorial almost seamlessly. And it's like the first of many tutorials. <laughs> I mean, I only played two. So, and Andrew, you, you must've played that tutorial a few times. I, I will, we, let's get into this a little later, the tutorial experience. Um, let's maybe stay on topic with the okay. story. Uh, but importantly, this world is, is populated by a, uh, a coalition of multiple humanoid races. You got your normie, boring ass humans. And then you've got the, the, the other core people presented are the beaver folk and the lizard folk. And uh, later, the harpy folk. And then it's unclear to me exactly what uh, flavor of person the queen is, but she her aesthetic is that of, of, a, of a raven or a crow. And so it's kind of, you know, if I was presented, if I sat down at a convention for a one shot and I was presented with the setting of this game, I'd be like, oh, this is interesting. This is cool. This is novel. This is not your standard um, fair. Mm. Uh so yeah, what I think one of the strongest points of this game is the is the setting, IMO. Um, but and, at the same time, I feel yes. like this game, like that's that's it in terms of the story. It's just like <laughs> well, you're, you're you're kind of like dropped this info bomb at the at the beginning. You're like, okay, great. Like I'm I'm excited to go out on my mission to do this thing, and then <laughs> maybe like well, ninety minutes of tutorials later, I'm like. What am I supposed to be doing again? Yeah. All right. Real, real question. Uh, Scott, I know you, you got uh, the furthest in this game. Did you, did you do any of the seals? Did you unlock anything? I did. Yeah. I, I put. <laughs> Does uh, anything change after that? Because I'm, I'm like one mission away from being able to do it, and I don't know if I'm going to get to that. So. Do you how? Give me, give me those how, spoilers. How mad do you want to be? Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll spoil you. Uh, so when right, close your ears for spoilers. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, I think the screenshot that I have 
I had to go back and find like the actual thing that happened because I, uh, I had quote beaten the game, I guess with the first quote boss. And I was like, okay, uh, is that it? Like something must've happened. Some like kind of narrative catharsis or something with like how much, how much effort has been put into like the setting and world building and like lore question mark. Uh, the, the end game screen for this after you you finish up a a seal which we'll get to in a minute is uh there's like a little wall like walrus portrait in the corner and it says seal reforged exclamation mark it's done the sealed ones are imprisoned once again thank you viceroy you not only have saved our world but also rekindled the flame of hope in our people the faith in something that until now was only a legend of old and then you hit the button to say uh reset the seat or like the the storm or season or something and then the the storm the titular blight storm comes in and annihilates all the settlements that you've put down and that and you're back at square one again like <laughs> i'm sorry i might understand that they copied <laughs> their homework from like an nes victory screen that's awful and i feel like it would well yeah i don't know if it's if it's different for any of the higher level seals let's but, assume yes but like how many players are going to see that i mean it i have 20 hours in this game and i have only cleared the 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 bronze hurdle seal uh to go i have uh well now now i have the opportunity to uh reforge either the bronze or lead seal and after the lead comes silver and then gold and then platinum and then you guessed it, folks, cobalt, and then titanium, <laughs> and finally, the final boss of this game. Zinc. The, the <laughs> zinc. Uh, what would we do in a world without zinc? No, adamantine is the <clears throat> final one. Uh, and that is, and so each, the, the, each with their own exciting new readme document uh, worth of victory text. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, think those are, are are those completing the the game or is that like the equivalent of ascension levels in slay the spire or uh, other it's long i feel like, like it's kind of both because okay. uh this game is sort of weird in the sense that you're you're dropped in on this like hexagonal board to say okay here's your starting city in the middle that's where all of your meta progression upgrades are where you can go and upgrade like, oh, now you can get this building or your workers will move 5% faster or now you can unlock this other um, more advanced um, game system or, or things like that. Uh, and you're expanding out from there in a pretty linear fashion of like, all right, uh, <laughs> it took me also an embarrassingly long time to figure out like, what is my goal exactly? Like, what what should i be doing here uh i had a similar issue <laughs> and so you're you're basically your meta goal is you build cities out in more or less a straight line from the center uh the center village uh to try to get to one of these giant like it's it's a cool effect on the on like this game board it's like this big glowing spheroid thing like ah cool like there's the goal i've got to got to go there and i've got to like start a settlement there and when you do so, you enter the city building phase and uh, you eventually like un uncork one part of the forest like, ah, there's where one of the sealed ones are and they're trying to get out uh, and you complete the mission to 
lock them back in and then boom, you're done. Uh, and then you hit, hit the reset button and you can do it again at a higher ascension level. Uh, <laughs> like, like the rest of the game, this is present. The presentation is very good. And like, mm -hmm. it's cool that there's like this overworld and that there is like this sense of progress as you, as you make, as you, as you build town after town. Uh, if, if one was lucky enough to make more than, you know, one successful town, I wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, nearly six hours and I have, I have yet to get a victory, um, which is unfortunate, um, for me, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, the, the, that overworld is neat and it's unfortunate to hear that, uh, is it neat? It's kind of, is it neat? I, I've got to push back on it. Is it anything? It could be neat. It could be. It's a neat idea, I think. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to lump this in with the Citadel as in I, I'm going to lump in all of the things that are outside of the the specific build the build the settlement game. Um I think I might have the opposite opinion. I I find the 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 city building part of it, if you were building one single city, I think it's an okay game. I think it's everything else around it that's that kind of is is tedious. It's like cool you're building a city in a straight line like uh, was there any interesting parts of picking where to build a city could it could I, have just been click next and it would have been the same experience uh, for me right i think uh, there's and, and, and you're going into the citadel where you get the upgrades it's like cool mm -hmm. plus one percent chance that your worker gets double resources i cannot care less about that <laughs> because less than that is zero percent it's right. the minimum bare like those are, I, I'm not excited about upgrades like indeed, that. Indeed, indeed. Uh, in a roguelike, I look for interesting meta progression upgrades. I look for interesting run modifiers. And in my six hours of playing this game, just under six hours, 5.8, I think, uh, didn't encounter a lot. And so when I heard from Colin that the meta progressions were a lot of uh, plus 2% to X or Y, it was just like, oh no. And is there a term for this? Is there is there a... Um, Al Pacino from Heat, don't waste my motherfucking time meta progression <laughs> upgrade term. Well, yeah, because like, we is... see this, we see this with some other games, right? Where it's like, oh, I've grinded for 10 hours and I finally was able to upgrade the thing to make my character run 5% faster. But like, would you actually notice that? Uh it's gotta we I guess there's that... gotta be some kind of phrase of like uh not grade or uh... not grade. I like that. <laughs> where, like, Kids would call it a mid-grade. Ooh, mid perhaps. Uh, uh, Scott, I mean, you did mention of, though that you unlock new buildings. At yeah, the I mean, so that's me neat. Some of them, some of them do do things. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's like upgrade. Oh, if that's the case, then like just boil it down to like you know the make. Not every upgrade tree needs to be uh, the path of exile, like path tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> like let's just chill out. Like you can you can have less stuff and more impactful. Make them less things that are more impactful basically mm -hmm. uh oof. okay wow. so so i think like we talked about the actual game yeah i think builder. like the actual city building part of this game once you get it is really good but there is that caveat of once you get it because man i did i did the first tutorial and i think i followed like kind of every step but it was it's a it's such a very different experience than your standard 
um, StarCraft build order, you know, go into the menu, find the building. Okay, put that down. And then, the, you know, I have to go and get some upgrade currency and that allows me to build the second tier thing. Like I was bouncing between this and uh, Halo Wars uh, <laughs> and like just to kind of see like, well, like similar kind of like a very different style of RTS-ishness uh, and comparing that to like Factorio's tutorials and everything. I'm like, yeah, this this Against the Storm is a very different experience than kind of anything we've seen before. Um, maybe to its detriment, but I think it tries to go for go for the uh, the fences with really trying to push on roguiness from a city builder perspective. And like city builder stuff like Civ, like Factorio, it's it's very static, right? You have static tech trees, you have static things that you pick from. And, you know, how do you go about solving that problem of, well, it's just the same stuff every time is what it's trying to go after. Well, the Civ has like just these sort of emergent gameplay where the actual dynamics of the politics, it's very like it's you have to adjust to to the various scenarios. This game, I and I and I have and I've been quiet. And, and the reason is because I tell you what, I got less than two hours in this game. I and and, you, and so if by all means, you can you can, you know say that my evaluation here is way wrong that i needed to you know put 10 hours in before i love it but a game's gotta have a hook a game has to like get like and and for me it just there was no hook the city that that aspect that you're talking about the city building like the what makes it roguelike well a roguelite i should say is just the groves as far as i can tell the groves which are which is a in my view an incredibly stupid mechanic. I, <laughs> I, I fucking like, as soon as they did, like told me this is how the game works. You clear forests with mm -hmm. like these choppers to like open up an area. As soon as you carve up a straight path in through the, the woods into this thing, then you unlock some kind of random event essentially. And, and, and I'm just looking at the overworld, the map and all these groves of like these mystery areas. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like this as a, as a structure for like a place like, why are there all these unexplored areas? Why do I have to chop a tree down in order to like see what's beyond it? Like, you can walk through a forest. Like, that's just like a, a very. Like, <laughs> I understand that. Like, no, that's, no, well, yeah, that's sure. just the way the game works. But like, it just doesn't make sense. Why? I don't know. Some of the some of the bramble in my backyard. Some of the bramble in my backyard, you cannot walk through. You got to chop your way through okay. that for sure. But even so, the rogue white element, or the, like this this whole like random stuff, you, as you expand out, and you just got to chop some trees down and build in really awkward ways to accommodate the minimum amount of clearing. It's just, I don't know. It, it was all tedious chores. I, I it think, didn't feel I think fun. The other aspect that adds the rogue like element in is the what buildings you get. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I don't really know great. If that's at the beginning of every one of my runs. Of it. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. But, sorry, go on, Andrew. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, at, the beginning, at the beginning of all my runs, the game randomizes itself to, to screw me over in different ways. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, yeah, give me that plantation. Rock and roll. I'm going to start early. I'm going to have a great uh, you know, crop season. The whole town run didn't see a single piece of fertile soil. And that could have been because I picked a you know train spot on the overworld that I didn't understand that like, it's just, it, there is none there. Um, but yeah, different, different buildings. Uh, it's always, it's always a new surprise. What building you won't have access to that is crippling, yeah, I, pardon I me, is, is derailing your entire uh, situation. I have, and I'm sure if I had 20 hours in, I, I wouldn't fall prey to no, that as much, in my but notes I agree. about this game, I have uh, never excited about something new, only annoyed I didn't have something. <laughs> I feel like that's my problem. Like, 
Every yeah. time I saw the buildings, I'm like, wait, is this something that I can do? Or I'm like, oh, finally, thank God. Mm. It was never like, oh, I'm excited about this cool new weapon that I get to try out. Right. It's only like, finally, my economy can stop being broken and I can build fabrics that not at the, the makeshift crafting house and like yeah we can we can stop being a jerky based uh fashion <laughs> and food economy we can finally ha clothe our folks in actual fabric instead of lengths of oberto i, I think um, one of the uh <laughs> I, I think one of the uh hindrances there also is that there's there's buildings that depend on others from a supply chain sequence perspective yeah where it's like the, the game doesn't explicitly tell you that there's like your your tier one tech and your tier two tech buildings like coming back to like a starcraft example you know like here's all the buildings that you can build with just minerals and then here's the buildings you can build with minerals and and gas and there's some of the gas related buildings that are dependent on the mineral ones but it's like if if you just took your your total suite of playing cards and, and like threw half of them out but you still had some of like the the tier two tech buildings in your hand that you couldn't do anything with because your tier one building didn't exist in that build sequence. It's like, well, you know, don't don't give me the option to pick it then, right? I mean, uh, am, am I am I thinking about this right? Where you know, I feel like I had multiple times where I'm playing through. I'm like, okay, do I want this for later? Well, I can't yeah. do anything with this now, but maybe I'll open. get. Yeah, like maybe I'll get the building that is like earlier in the production sequence later, which seems backwards to me. It feels like like you could totally do that random draw from like your tier one buildings and then say, okay, once you have those tier one buildings established, random draw from the ones that are tier two off of that. It's like um a uh, rogue tower where you have to pick the right to pick yeah. the lower rogue card tower. and then you get access to the upgrades. Oh, now, wow. there was a fun game. Oh, what a time <laughs> I had um, in, a, in a genre that I couldn't give a crap about. Same thing with this genre. I can't I couldn't give two beavers uh, pelts off of a <laughs> I don't know, uh, citizens, something, Andrew? something there. There is a cannibalism option uh, where you get uh, it's it's a blueprint, I think. No, it's a blueprint. Cornerstone. No, not a blueprint. A cornerstone. Excuse me. Yeah. My mistake. Um, How dare you? But like city builders, and oh, sorry, what was I saying? Anyway, uh, the point I was trying to illustrate was that uh, Rogue Tower I thought was fun um, in a genre that I don't care about. And then this is another genre I don't care about. And I had the opposite experience. Anyway, uh, Colin, going, going way back, and I think this speaks to, I just wanted to bring up a point. One of many points I think that will be brought up about the UI that we are we are discussing currently. Um the the you never had we're excited to get a new thing you were either disappointed or relieved um i was playing the game like 30 minutes ago while blasting the 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 soundtrack to uh scarface um i'm like come <laughs> on i can get one win i can do it doo -doo -doo -doo, three times speed i'm like channeling all my like rts skills like let's go push it to the limit it was like the push it to the limit montage except if uh, only if like Al Pacino had gotten out of the van and immediately gotten just hit by a car and splattered across the roadway because uh, my last run was probably the worst of them all. Um, but anyway, so, okay, the blue stone, the blue, the blue, blue stone, pardon me, the blueprint option comes up and it says, hey, here are some new buildings. Um, this, this, I think, is a very tangible example of problems with the UI. Um, of course, I'm looking at the blueprints. I'm trying to achieve my orders. 
so that I can complete the town successfully. There's no way to look at reference your orders while you are in the blueprint menu. Right. You close the blueprint out. menu, open the orders, look through those very quickly commit to memory like what the, what i my my goals are okay then go back to the blueprint and then uh, it's just like right do i why, have why have you done this to me this yeah. this, this uh this order goal subquest requires luxury goods which requires wine this building does something does it uh, wait to go back in check if i have something that does this like you need a production tree on the side every time you're trying to make a decision because uh, like yeah you get you get some of those orders where you just can't finish them because that you didn't draw the right building mm -hmm. well i think like also this game tries to solve that boxed in problem by maybe being too flexible because you have in your city building experience uh, you have your death timer that's increasing, which is the queen's impatience. And uh, if that, like that's a that's a, a red meter that fills up like uh, at a continuous rate. And if it gets to the full thing, then the queen's had enough of it. And you know what? You're you're fired from this uh, city planning exercise. Uh, you are you, no longer the viceroy. You're just right? a regular um, roy. <clears throat> and uh, to mitigate that you can fulfill uh, the queen's orders, which are little, again, more randomized uh, objectives that come in sort of piecemeal over time. Uh, and you crack it open, you're like, well, okay. Um, I think it gives you a choice of like, which one you want to do. And you're like, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll pick this one. I think I have the stuff to do this, maybe. Um, if, you, if you remember what buildings you have. Uh, and if you complete that, then you get reputation, which I think this is a clever thing where like, as the impatience meter increases and you fulfill those objectives, that meter slides over to the other side for the reputation meter. And if you max that out for your main gameplay loop, uh, then you win. You win the city building exercise. Um, so it, it not only decreases that, but it increases your, your good score meter uh, at the same time, which is, I think, a, a really satisfying thing when you get this good domino effect going of like oh man okay I, i've solved that one and i actually like wound up solving like three or four orders a long time ago but they were blocked so now i can like click 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 and the, like the meter just goes like like all the way to the left and it's like oh, oh that feels so satisfying and you unlock all these options simultaneously um i think there's the other way that you can build that good points meter is by making your citizens blissed out of their minds with uh, biscuits and pie and jerky and making sure that they uh, don't flip their shit when it gets rainy out. Um, you know, your standard Seattle experience, basically. Um, so when the... Hot when in the in by the fire inside your cave. Exactly. And, and uh, crucially, the, the fire and, like, town building experience part of it, I think... You know, again, I've 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 kind of had that third eye awakening moment of like, oh my god, I think I finally understand this game after twenty hours of playing it. Uh, I can I can get why people find it popular and good because when you get that series of dominoes to fall in line, or if like if you can't, if you're boxing, you're like shit, I can't complete these objectives in time. Uh, like I don't want to fail as this meter is increasing. Um, 
all right, well, I'm just going to wait for, or like get the trader here and sell, 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 buy, 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 and like get all of the candy that I can for all of my people uh, and make them like as happy as possible until like the critical threshold is passed. Oh, okay. I've won. Great. Um, <laughs> right as the, uh, the demon monster like spawns out from the other side of the map and is like shooting lasers and killing people. You're like, well, my job here is done. <laughs> I'm going to go start a new city. That uh, is, we might be unearthing as as we are making our way through this impenetrable forest, through the, these groves, is discovering new glades. We might be uncovering a theme, the, the an underlying issue that exists with this game, where that is another example. Like you're just trying to get the bar up high enough so that you can like jump ship. It's like keep <laughs> your people just happy long enough, and it's like, yeah. oh, cool, like some kind of weird like. Um, uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is that 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 is something that kind of strains credulity in like the, the in like the, the the like the game setting. Same thing with like the glades. Like, why is the forest impenetrable? Why can't we just walk to the glade? Same thing with like the queen's impatience. It's like that's a neat mechanic, but like the idea that like oh she's just like generally annoyed at you, and that's why you have to <laughs> abandon all of these people to starvation. It's like there's there's a lot of stuff in the flavor of the game and the story yes. of the game well, that strains yes. credulity. It's like, why would that be a thing? I don't know. And I guess... once you go to the next city, your old city's fine. It stays there forever. But like that city was like on the edge of collapse, but then I just squeaked <laughs> it out. But like, no, the second you leave, it's fine. Hmm. Maybe that maybe the guy who's running that city after I leave should be the one who's actually doing the exploring. The mayor. I'm just a viceroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The viceroy, yeah, just has to hang out long enough to get over the finish line, and then that's uh, that's it. Um, I think I yeah, have there's... I think I have a solution. To, a solution, please. To some of our woes, which might mostly stem from the non-city building part, and. Uh, I think I was I was talking about this in in the Discord a few days ago about uh, our Omega Bowl one winner game FTL faster than light, where combat in that game is not the only thing that you do, and in this game city building is the only thing that you do effectively. I think the solution here is if uh, against the storm, like the city building was like a core crucial component, but not the only one. And that as you're expanding out from the main city, again, like if you kind of think of it through the lens of like the FTL mode, you're expanding away from the rebel fleet, you're expanding away from the storm, maybe, uh, and that you're encountering story quests, you're unraveling like the lore of the game as you're going around, you know, you're encountering traitors, you're exploring the, like... Like that kind of FTL style, like map system or Slay the Spire map system, I think has been aped by so many games because it works so well. And yeah. I'm not super convinced that like the hexagonal grid expansion in this game really works because there's no real incentive to, you know, how like in Civ, like you can decide, like, oh, I'm going to like greedily expand my Alexander, uh, uh, campaign all the way across in a linear fashion go grab this city state so no one else can grab it and you have like the super long extendo empire versus like a venice one that's like very small and compact like in against the storm you have the same kind of hexagonal like grid system but there's no incentive to like like build your cities like in a circle around 
the the forbidden uh place at the at the center right your goal is to expand expand in a linear fashion out to the seal to beat it like there's no real point in like arcing or like snaking back and i know that like on higher difficulties there is because it's like oh i if i go you have more time a uh because crucially uh the point of beating the seals is to give you more time to beat more seals uh which i'm not i'm not super thrilled about as like a, a hook um but at the same time like my thought for this was you know if you had an ftl style just like node node and edge map where okay yeah. i'm gonna go here story beat done in like two, 30 seconds i'm gonna go over here uh you know uh merchant adventure okay great and then okay now i've come to the city building thing this is the combat in slay the spire this is the combat in ftl but a combat in one of those lasts for what five minutes ten minutes at most right the building a city here is an hour to two hours at minimum so like your your story beat to city building would be like a 95 percent ratio towards city building <laughs> um i mean so my it, it, like my problem is less that like if you want to have it just be silly building that's fine you can do that but within a run what what is a run is it a single city or is it getting all the way to the seal because there doesn't feel like there's that much in be like linking your cities together like you can trade with the ones behind you after you get the next one but it's not like it really gives you much of an advantage and how you did or what you built in your first city doesn't have that much of an effect like i don't feel like you're progressing within a run it's like mm -hmm. a couple of independent cities that happen one after the other but like city two versus city three are it's like oh well one's starting in a in a, a forest and one's starting in a different kind of forest they're <laughs> basically like fundamentally the same game you're, mm. you're doing the same loop and there's not enough variation between them or or progression within a run or or whatever like it's just kind of like cool you're playing it again yeah and uh once you so there there's a thing also here that might work better as maybe the main game sequence and that's when uh let's see if i remember this right i think if you if you beat the adamantine seal which is prestige 20 ascension 20 effectively wow. uh you unlock something called the queen's hand trial which is to this point we've been saying that like you know, you expand a city out from the main center hub uh, and, you know, you go through the sequence of city building and you you, you will either succeed or fail. And uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you fail, like that city is like still there on the map and has some sort of, I don't know, like adjacency bonus or something that influences like your placement of the next thing. So there's that kind of like light uh, uh, build up element as you go on um but the queen's hand trial is like it's permadeath mode it is if you fail once you fail that whole string of sequences and i almost wonder if like i don't know if that's better it feels like that that's kind of what this game wants to be and like get rid of all the all the meta upgrades and just make it like 
as you progress further towards like the seal and it should just be a seal uh it's i'm <laughs> to will's point about talking with like this is our weekly slay the spire uh sequence but for how much Will talks about Slay the Spire being the greatest game ever created, I was writing down so much of my notes for this game. Like, well, it should just take this thing from Slay the Spire. It should just take this thing from Slay the Spire also. <laughs> this game should just be Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire. <laughs> the because, because I think like uh, if it's if you have this like central starting node and you're like building cities out and it's like you're you're getting uh, more of your tech tree enabled the further you get out. And then by the time you're at that final seal, you have all of your like more complex game mechanics ready to go. You have all of your trade networks with your previous cities ready to go. And you're like, all right, I'm ready to take on this final boss. Let's do it. And then you beat that final boss and you're like, all right, I've like, that was it. I've beaten the storm. I finally pushed everything back. I've saved the land for all of the beavers. We can now live in happiness and peace. Like, that that's what I want. That's what I want out of this game. But instead, it's like a reset button. Like, okay, congrats, you beat it. Press the button to have the storm come back in and kill everyone. Uh, yeah, I think like there, there's no there's no heart. Like, uh, not not uh, no pun intended. But there's no like uh like big boss heart. There's no spire heart to this game. Of this is your big bad that you have to go and fight and beat. And when you beat them, ah. Uh, this is something that I feel like I can narratively be accomplished with. I agree completely. I think I think there's such a huge opportunity there to like take this idea of the queen and have some kind of big twist at the end where instead of this her being like wanting to expand the empire, maybe that was the evil entity all along. And I don't know, they just you can work something in here I to make it so that there's like a anything. big build up to a big fight or a big town growth session. I don't know. <laughs> where, I don't. That's it's not very epic. Uh, can we talk for a second about the art? Sure. I I kind of like the art in this game, although I feel like that. that position. So check, why, why, check why, it why out. It, it looks like World of Warcraft. It looks like Warcraft Three, and you whether yeah. you like it or not, um, it resonates with a lot of people. Like World of Warcraft was able to survive on looking basically the same for like over a decade, and that's because for a lot of people, it looks it's like it walks this fine line of being like a little bit cartoony, a little bit stylized, but still kind of grounded and a little bit gritty, a little bit cool. And, and the kind of, uh, uh, it's stylized enough that it is not ravaged by the passage of time. Um, and personally it works for me, uh, in this particular game. I think, I think the graphics and the sound are really great and are probably, the, the couple of things I enjoy without any um, caveats. And yeah, I, I'm definitely not a Warcraft player. I'm definitely much more of a Starcraft homeboy, but like uh, I, I'm, I feel like this aesthetic has been growing on me over time. We're like, I, I definitely didn't play WoW, but like this kind of like very uh, fantastical, you know, um, fantasy but like edgy kind of fantasy to it uh I, I feel like it works for this game specifically i feel like if this game was more like like big robots and like warhammer style aesthetic it would i'm not sure if it would work as well uh but yeah i mean i, f I feel like it's fine you know it's it's a neutral positive for me go oh, well 
Would it be accurate to? Wait, wait, let Will, let Will, let Will go. All right, sorry, please, please. I mean, I'm a, I'm a strong negative here. This is, it's repulsive to me. It's it's part of the reason, like, I mean, I'm, I was, I got an hour and a half in or whatever, and then I'm like, okay, I'm in the middle of the second tutorial. Take it, I can't take it anymore. I open the game up again. I'm greeted with these graphics. I'm greeted with the why the fuck am I doing this? Like, sort of like, and I'm just like, all that comes together into like, no, I just immediately alt F4, and then that happened multiple times. But like this art style really really it it hurts me i don't know what about it in particular i think i could probably analyze it we could figure it out exactly but like there's just something grotesque about the the all of the uh just how i think everything just looks like it's got too much in it it's just like all the mass of something usual and then you just expand it out everything's just just getting like i don't know uh bulky and uh disgusting i didn't even know the humans (laughs) were humans for the longest time there um because they look like like i started this out with like armadillos like these characters, the little like, units running around yeah the little units running right, around they talking look about so the, stupid the actual and i don't models. understand why are beavers getting along with dinosaurs getting along with humans like th- this uh, you know this is a fairy tale world where you could have any species working all together in harmony <laughs> also, but like if you what? look at the unit portrait if you looked at the unit portrait of the uh the lizard dinosaur men they've yeah. got a terrible goatee Wait, I'm do they? It right now. Oh, hell yeah, they do. <laughs> it's, it's deep Dogs and cats living together. Um, Turn this into know, Factorio. Give me Factorio graphics. And I'm feeling a lot better about this game. But uh, the grungy, metallic, oily. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not high resolution. There's not. There's no special. In fact, it would probably take uh, way fewer assets in order to create or like less expense to create less detailed assets to make it a Factorio style. And it would be better. And so it's just like, why wouldn't you just go that route instead of like designing all these ridiculous, stupid, ugly buildings and people and, and, and I, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, it's it, it, it I think it's just it is a known quantity. This is a known style of artwork that works for a lot of people. It resonates with a lot of gamers. And I, mean, I think thematically, it's like when you're going to design this this fantasy game, it's like, well, what are our options for an indie studio of six people who are all getting the pay the same thing? Good on you, by the way. Um, well, you know, we can we can do this tried and true thing that a lot of people like. And um, unfortunately, you're just, you know, by luck of the draw, uh, don't happen to, to be one of those people will. I know. And I Taste don't love is hard it. to come by these days. I, <laughs> I mean, to be to be I clear, just... I'm not fanatical about it, but like I think it's a pretty for me, I, I would describe this game as like cozy core. Like it's hmm. it's a it's a cozy gaming experience. And I think the graphics are pretty work with that 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 coziness factor for not me. Quite personally. Gnome core, though. I understand why like I don't really like the graphics, but I'm I'll, I'll repeat my line of I can't really give a negative score to graphics once it gets below a certain goodness level I just stop seeing it um but like I, I understand why developers gravitate towards this style um it makes it easier to differentiate things so like it's this style though like it's not shibby but like bigger heads bigger icons exaggerated uh, more exaggerated yeah proportions of stuff it makes it super easy to see like what this building is versus this building or like what this dude is versus this dude it's like well you know yeah we could have just all like various slightly different versions of humans they'll look basically the same which would be maybe more realistic but it would be harder to 
differentiate them from a glance. And so you 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 go into a style like this where it's like, yeah, you can build something that like I didn't love the rest of the UI, but I was able to tell the buildings apart. So you got I that. was not. <laughs> maybe that's okay. kind of my problem no so i think i was this game i was in the same bucket it, even on like the final boss fight of the bronze seal like i was routinely getting different building types like misappropriated where i'm like okay i need i need bricks to do this thing where can i find bricks uh frantically scrolling around the map well, i bet uh, it's under a tent somewhere or, theoretically uh, you could tell them apart and and i hear uh you. crucially well the the actual solution to this is that like most of the building like shapes and sizes and like colors of the tops. Like it's, it's like if you had played Starcraft for the first time, you're like, God, all these buildings are just like metal spheres and they just all look the same. And like, I can't tell the difference between my barracks and an Academy, but like, you know, if you're one of those people who's had like 80, hundred hours in this game, like, yeah, obviously you're going to know what the difference between your wood cutting uh, cart is and what your kiln is. But for, for us, like that's like, and for me in particular, like on that final boss fight, I was routinely fumbling between them. Um, and we haven't talked about it uh, yet, but I've been routinely using the recipes panel as a crutch for like, this is this is where my face is for like most of the game. And that is the yeah. thing like you bring up and you're like, okay, I need, I need this ingredient, but what is the thing that makes this ingredient and what consumes it? Uh, and once again, once you grok it, there's a very nice panel that you can search for bricks and it will bring up the list of buildings that you have available that you've uh randomly drawn in this run uh that can make bricks and then you can say all right well i'd like to either find where this is on the map uh or like click and be able to like put it down immediately and i think like part of that aspect of clicking on the thing and being able to build it like in two steps is really solid and being able to see like there's like a little slider allows, allows you to see like oh this is all the stuff that consumes bricks uh which is helpful um and like that that like menu system has been like kind of the focal point of how i've been building a lot of stuff in my successful runs which like i'm, I'm surprised that andrew like you you haven't like really passed a lot of your city building runs which not to brag or anything but i was <laughs> like uh I think you mean it to say any me, of Andrew. my city building runs. <laughs> like uh, I, I hadn't failed, I hadn't failed any of mine, and I was like, "Is this game too easy?" Like to admit, and admittedly, like all of my runs came down to like the wire, where like the impatience meter was almost mm -hmm. totally full, and then I just like domino affected all of the the rep stuff like right at the end. Or I was like, "All right, well, I, I know I can just like go into like these smaller glades and just like break open some of these caches for for rep." Uh, all right, well, I'm going to wait for the trader to come in, buy, like, all their tools out, and then just, like, crack, crack, crack all these things, like, simultaneously. Um, it did come down to the wire for a lot of them, but I don't think I failed any of my cities for that, that whole seal run. Um, well, interesting. Um, I wouldn't say this is an attack on my <laughs> gaming skills, but it feels adjacent to that. One hex over. <laughs> no, um, real quick, I, I, I will address that that this topic um but but first uh the recipes menu interesting we talk a lot about uh roguelikes that uh we don't like it when a game requires you to have the wiki open in a separate tab what do we think mm -hmm. about games where the wiki is just built into the game <laughs> is that better or worse i think it's better it's probably better so you don't have to alt tab um yeah. i, I should have used that maybe all right so 
<clears throat> let me break it down for you real quick. Uh, here was my experience. So um, the week that we picked this game, I sat down with the tutorial. Little did I know it was tutorial number one. And it was kind of late and I played through it and I was like, all right, well, this seems like, you know, fine. This seems like pleasant enough. It's, I like the rain sound effects. I like the the the, the presentation. Um, and then I uh, I did the first tutorial. I didn't realize it was one of multiple tutorials. Um, I then started the second tutorial and was like, well, whoa, 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 I don't have time tonight to do another tutorial. Okay, thank you very much. Or tutorial part two, whatever it was. So then I left the game alone for like a week, came back, hit continue or play or whatever. And then it dropped me back into what I didn't realize was tutorial number two. I thought that it had reset my tutorial progress. And I was hmm. like, forget that crap. I'm not replaying <laughs> that garbage. Give me a break. So I skipped that. So basically I went into my first couple of city building attempts with only the first tutorial under my belt mm. and like zero city builder experience. Um, I played Skylines for like a weekend and that was fun. <laughs> like I just sat down and just like had a fun casual time for like four hours. It wasn't even mm -hmm. a weekend. It was like an evening. And I was like, wow, that was fun. That was, that was a good old time. Like it made sense to me. The, the, the UI seemed grokkable. Um, and I, I, I was at like no point frustrated or confused or anything and that's what i thought i was getting myself into like a city builder slash like black and white yeah, you need experience. another 300 hours into factorio hey there you go <laughs> so uh yeah so like the first couple of times first couple of uh town attempts that i did like i i didn't even know that you could substitute ingredients uh i didn't i didn't know that until like today and it was like kind of a footnote in the second tutorial when i decided all right let me go back and actually play the second tutorial which so is like that. basically like the core game mechanic of the city building experience you would indeed think. so part of that's on me the other part of it is like the the player experience was that that was my player experience like that right. was my my i and i, I went back and screenshot it because i was like am i tripping like did, i thought it reset my tutorial progress and I, I went back and checked and both tutorials start with more or less the same screen. Like the text is slightly different. Mm -hmm. So in my defense, <laughs> it was reasonable for me to think that I was back at tutorial one. And it was, and I, you know, it might've been foolish of me to be like, well, I'm going to skip the tutorials from now on. I know enough, but like, you know, again, don't waste my time game. Like, Yeah. I mean, again, you're not, you're not totally out of base because I was doing the fourth tutorial for uh, learning how uh, uh, blight rot uh, works and being able to use uh, rain punk, which word of the day, uh, excellent rain word. Uh, but like, but in that tutorial, I, I, this was after I'd beaten the bronze seal also. So you would think that like me with 20 hours of game experience would, would know this, but I was like, I don't know. I was maybe like 45 minutes into the tutorial. I had to save and quit. And then it came back to it uh today or yesterday uh and i was i had that same exact experience i'm like did my progress save at all and i wrote down a bullet point in my google doc of like raypunk tutorial progress not saved five x or five exclamation marks uh but i deleted it because i was like oh wait no this is just where i left off uh and it took me like a good 20 seconds to realize wait no this isn't like the starting town this is just what it looks like uh <laughs> 
This is just so, what it looks like every time. In a game that is supposed to be a roguelite with randomized elements, we were bamboozled, at least you temporarily. Well, thank you. That makes me feel a little bit better about like totally goofing and like missing all the core mechanics. But even after I went back and did that, like I, I have been having just a terrible time navigating this UI. At, at every turn, I feel like uh, a new challenge is being presented like just the way of like reading i realize starcraft is very different and it's very simple in comparison so mm -hmm. forgive me i'm just a simple-minded starcraft <laughs> rts player but like to me that like that that interface makes sense it's clear to me when i have the resources that i need mm -hmm. it's clear to me when i can start building a building and not it's clear to me i just i feel like the game and this could just be a city builder thing i'm not aware of um it it does not it, it was not i was not understanding what was happening in the game well basically. i want to hear i want to hear will and colin's take about how factorio's ui works so much better for this kind of supply chain logistics uh problem that we're solving in this game well i know colin's got a, like a probably more in-depth uh analysis but just like what comes to mind for me absolutely not true oh, <laughs> i feel like you've talked about it a lot so maybe i'm sorry i didn't mean to speak you up that before you talk but like it's you you never have to look at your hands and know like anything you want to do with by just like with what's available on with your hands on the WASD, uh you, everything's mm -hmm. just like you can just immediately do it and it's just always the shortest route to like in the fewest and most simple way to get there. And so like, if you wanted to like copy a blueprint and paste it or like switch your menu to the second menu to pick like this, it's it's all like very accessible and it's super easy to learn. It's been a while since I played Factorio, so I don't have like the, the specific stop of mind, but I know relearning it is just like, um, uh, you know, uh, like riding a bike in many ways. Indeed. So, Are there hotkeys for the different weapons? Or the weapons, pardon me, the different classifications <laughs> of, see, I just want to play an FPS. Are there hotkeys for the different types of buildings? In um, in this game? In really. this game. But, I mean, let me ask you a question. Have you tried clicking Control, Alt, or Shift and seeing what that does? Absolutely not. <laughs> so that's like half the way you should be playing this game is if you click really? down Alt, it shows you all of the people in all of your game in, in all of your buildings you can scroll through use the scroll wheel to place and pull other people like it it doesn't do a good job of explaining its ui but there is a lot of ui stuff that's in this game so yeah, like and, and sure. honestly like i that's why like, we talked about it a little bit earlier today on discord um but i was like i want to go back and look through all of it because there, there is a lot of stuff. I think that it does have all of the information laid out in a pretty decent way throughout the game. It just never tells you what it is. You just right. have to like hover over things and understand how city builders work. And then you'll be like, oh, cool. That little plus there means that this building will add that capability. Uh-huh. And I think part explains of... that to you, but once you understand it, you're like, oh, cool, this is actually a pretty useful screen here. And I acknowledge and I think... that a lot of my uh, troubles that I've been having um, would be solved, you know, if I were to, I don't know, get paid an hourly rate to like <laughs> sit down and learn this game. But I was just, I don't know, I, I, I was very quickly stuck in this cycle of, I don't like this game in part because I don't understand it. Yeah. But I it do not, not want to take any your... steps to it understand it because I don't like it. So it's just yeah, like this it does not do a good yeah. job of my explaining yeah. itself. Exactly. 
Okay. All right. I, I've got a solution here. And we, we just talked about this with Colin saying the FTL style thing of uh, combat being like 90% of your time investment and like little story beats being like inconsequential. If this game started with like, like taking five to 10 minutes to beat a city building sequence and then maybe got to like 10 to 15 minutes for the, your next one and then 20 to 25 minutes for yeah. the next one. And then by the time, and like maybe you start on a smaller map uh, or a smaller map size and then, you know, the, your final boss fight for the seal, you're on like the full map size. You have everything at your disposal. You have all the tools that you've been building up this whole time. You're ready to go. It's the final knockout match. But, you know, put on the training wheels when you first load the game. Don't send like people off into into traffic on the highway going the wrong direction with all of like all of this crazy horn honking and stuff going on. And the tutorials aren't great. Like I wanted, I was like, oh, I should try and do the third tutorial. And it's like, cool, here's a blank city. Here's like the start of a normal game. Like, am I just going to play a full city now? Like I pretty sure I figured this all out and I'm just doing the tutorial to like check just the box it to completion and I'm not yeah. missing something. Yeah. And to make that stupid thing on the left side of the screen go away. <laughs> and it's like, I probably don't need it. I think I understand how this game works, but maybe I don't. I don't know. Like I it should like have the tutorial be integrated into your first run or something like that. You know who does tutorialization really well is Rimworld. Do they? At least from my experience, having I, played I, it relatively I recently, it's been too long since I learned how. Right? To play it. Yeah, like the same for me. I, I mean, like, I don't remember that at all. It, it it does it does the same thing. It hot drops you like, all right, your game yeah. has started. But like when you encounter something, it's like big flashing yellow symbol in the upper right. It's like click on the thing. This is oh, the text. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm going to explain how the system works, and this is like go and click on this thing. All right, try it for yourself now. Uh, I feel like RimWorld's like in in situ tutorial is really good and uh, on the same side colin i remember you complaining about factorial's tutorial being yeah factorial tutorial is terrible. No, no, no. well so i looked i looked at it again today to compare it's it's very different and much better because oh, it's they've, like they've, they've made it better yeah uh because i okay. know what old tutorial you're talking about it's totally <laughs> it's different bad. now and it's very much like a little narrated sequence. I timed it. Took you five minutes to beat the fair, the very first thing. And it's just like go and chop down some trees. Go and put the wood in the thing to make the box. You got coal now. Great, you're done. Okay, I would like to learn the next thing, please. Uh, and like that kind of chunkification and that little small little bite sized bit. Once you like brings you back for more. I think instead of like all right now play a game of a whole game of Factorio and good luck. Hundred hours later. <laughs> 100 hours later what is real quick uh what is the aesthetic what is the setting of factorio i i don't know unimportant anything about it Fresh unimportant uh, Fresh diesel punk? curiosity oh diesel punk all right interesting <laughs> neat 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 and all industrial humans. core none of these beavers none of these muskrats just, just one humans. man and robots one bugs. man and robots the there are so many bugs oh yeah and, and you're fighting bugs all right. Bugs, we got bugs. Am I to understand? Yeah, where was the combat in this game? I want things to come fight you. I need, You needed some combat. You need some tower defense shit in here. This is what I, I thought I wasn't going to like about the game. But like, I, as it turns out, that was that was not my biggest issue. The lack of combat. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. And I think that like, I get it. And at the same time, like, I think this game tries to sell itself as like the the cozy 
the the cozy core city builder where you're not explicitly like killing enemies or anything. I mean, you there are things that like you cut open a forest glade and like, oh, you better solve this puzzle in the next five minutes, or it's gonna spawn this demon that's gonna start shooting missiles at your at your little dudes, and like they are dying by the dozen. Uh, but oh look, look at that. I completed the city, not my problem anymore. Uh, like there are things that will kill your villagers uh, in sometimes hilarious fashion. But yeah, I feel like there's no there's no really external threat. Uh, I don't think the the story does a real good job of like right. saying the reason why you're fighting against the storm is this to sure. do what. Uh, so that that kind of like antagonistic villain is sort of missing. I remember when I was a young lad playing one of the Zelda games and my father commented, gosh, this game is so violent. You just attack <laughs> everything, including the plants, including the pots. You're just destroy, destroy, destroy. And, you know, he was kind of goofing around. Uh, he was also goofing around when he gave me uh, grief for like shooting a guard who who was not aware of my presence like in GoldenEye and saying you know he was probably just sitting there like thinking about his family I was looking forward <laughs> to going home anyway but pardon me all this to say I think it's admirable and interesting that this game exists and it's popular and it's fun for a lot of people and violence is not the core interaction in the in the in the gameplay loop but it should I, be <laughs> at no point are you like marshalling like uh you know uh it's not like age of empires where you're having to like call back all your villagers and start a militia and go like fight the forest troll or something and i i don't know i think i i kind of like that about this game that that's like fresh and novel that you're not constantly fighting um because it's not supposed to be an rts game right i just wish it had the ui of an rts game yeah uh, cool. what, what kind of combat would you envision in this game, Colin? What 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 do you what were you hoping I, I this game I would have? I don't actually know. It would, <laughs> oh, okay. it would be a different game if you did that. <laughs> but um, do we want to do scores, or do we yeah. have anything else we want to talk about? I think. And then, do we, we miss any big categories? Ooh, um, I <laughs> I have a uh, a snarky bullet point in my Google Doc that says the um, the Scorched Queen doesn't actually exist because you don't see her in the game at all, and that. Everyone is being gaslit by the Viceroy into saying, oh, I'm doing this on behalf of the Queen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I like you'll, that. Yeah, you'll the see The Queen it. is the, uh, it's the heart within us all. <laughs> the beating heart of the game. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think we could probably move on to rankings. Ooh, I'll get beans. mine out of the way then, maybe. Sure. Please. All right. uh, yeah, so I, I thought a bit about this. Again, like there's probably a bit of variance you can tie around this. Um, but um, when I look at... The my rankings, and I think of a game like uh, Darkest Dungeon Two, which, you know, uh, that was a that was a painful experience for me. I feel like it falls into that category, and I'm going to give it the same score. It's a four point five for me, um, which puts it twenty sixth out of how how many have we done at this point? Done forty one games. All right, so it's uh, it's not so high up there for me. And, and, and usually, I'll just add this. Usually, I can think of like here are the things like you were talking about to fix the game, but like. The, just the very structure of this game, uh, I, I just, uh, there's, I'm not sure. I, a new game, like Colin proposed, that's how you solve this one. <laughs> I'll, I'll go next. Uh, so after having spent the last better, better more than an hour bashing this game, uh, I feel like perhaps I have not made my opinion of, I actually did enjoy the city building part of it. Uh, I found it maybe slightly repetitive to have to do it over again but I did like the city building loop. 
Um, and even like I started off putting this game as a 6.5 when we started the podcast and I bumped it up to seven while we've been talking about it because I'm like, oh, I'll never play this game again. And I'm like, mm, talking about it again, though, I do kind of want to play it right now after we're done. It's like, it's got, a, a, it's got a little bit of a hook into me. And I, like, I, I think mostly my criticisms are that I'm disappointed because on the surface, it looks like a game that I should really like. And a lot of people really do like it. And so I wanted it to be, you know, a nine or a 10 out of 10. And I don't think it's that. I think there's a lot of stuff in there that is not fully baked. Um, and maybe it could get better. I don't think it's ever going to get up to a 10 out of 10 excellent game for me. But I think it could get up to, I, I think that with a little bit more dev work on it, and I, it sounds like they are continuing to do stuff. Like Scott was saying that they're, uh, or, or posted something earlier today on our discord about how they're adding like a production graph in there it's like i think that they might get to a point where it's a got good ui i mean factorio has been in development for like eight years so it's really not fair to <laughs> say like well why isn't it as good as factorio it's like well factorio wasn't as good factorio when it was like one month out of release so um i i think that the the, the core loop is it's got some aspects of it that I, I like. Um, I do really like playing city building type games. So um, I, I understand why people like it. So I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, well, I sure as heck I'm not going to bookend this episode. So I'm going to go next, uh, <laughs> if I may. Um, so yeah, it is it is okay. All devs go to heaven. It is okay to not like a game. It's also okay to like a game. Uh, you know, God bless. Uh, Raven, Raven Queen bless. Um, Scorch I'm glad queen. that the Scorch Queen. I'm glad that this game, you know, works for a lot of folks. And you know, what the heck does my opinion matter? Um, listeners, what what have I done to <laughs> to offend you? I am sorry. I've I've maxed out the impatience meter of the listeners. The first episode I was officially on this podcast was a listener choice episode, and it was wonderful. The last spell I thought I was going to be terrible at. I thought I wasn't going to like it because it's not a genre of game that I usually go in for, but it turned into my personal, probably my personal game of the year, I got to say. Of all the games I actually played to completion of last year. Um, now, I didn't play. Uh, there, there are a lot of that, that. That's obviously, you know, uh, pretty intensely. But again, my personal game of the year. And now we have the, the this listener's choice episode. And it absolutely <laughs> was not my type of game. It was doomed from the start, probably. And I made mistakes along the way. I, I, I sincerely tried <laughs> and i was able to get 5.8 hours into it um basically uh if if, if i may one more br brief tale i remember <laughs> getting a call when i was a wee lad not that wee of a lad uh i don't know it was maybe like a teenager i got a phone call from my mom and she said hey uh you know i'm 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 goofing around on the computer and uh, i see this black and white game uh, black and white is a, is is a not dissimilar game. It's similar thematically. You're a god and you're trying to watch over these people. You're managing the mood of your, your people. It's an RTS game, and she's like, "This seems kind of neat." And you're showing me some of the cinematics and stuff. It's kind of fun. I'm trying to play this game, she said, and I was trying to remotely walk my mom <laughs> through playing this game, and she had no idea what she was doing. Like the very concept of moving the camera was like foreign to her. She never played like a game in her life, um, and. I sometimes reflect on that experience and I think, wow, like people's perspective are so different. And I was like, what would it be like to be like my mother where I have no idea how to play a video game? What a foreign concept 
And I now understand exactly what my mother felt like while playing this game. I was bamboozled and confused the entire time. And I accept that a lot of that's on me, but also some of it is on the game. Um, and for me personally, I'm putting this at my third worst game. Uh, obviously very subjective, but like I would rather play Eldritch. I would rather get Eldritch's notepad ending than the one that you described, Scott. Oof. And uh, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate because I, I went into this episode very optimistic and uh, I'm sorry, it just ain't, ain't my ain't my bag. Well, I guess I'll I'll bring us home here. Uh, I'll zoom in on my uh, my good bullet points on my Google Doc here. Uh, I think the this game started really high in my rankings and then tumbled further and further down the longer I played it uh, because I think that end game is sorely lacking. Um, I think like like Darkest Dungeon Two, I think it has a lot of fixable problems, and I think that. If I come back to this game, I don't know, maybe like a year from now, it probably could be like totally different. They've like solved all the things that we've been uh, whining about. Um, but yeah, I think like the the weak spots are, are its end game, the kind of uh, like the medic progression stuff. I think the city building goes on for too long. Um, but I think the good parts, there's a lot of good to be had here. I think the the art aesthetic is not for everyone, but I think it's very well done here. Uh, I think like the the art style for what they're going for, they really nailed it. And for the most part, I I like, and I'm not usually a fantasy type person. Um, I think the background music for this game is really good. And I've been like listening to it while coding and it's it's very focusing and calming. And uh, like I was having, having a hard time picking which one to like relaxingly play the episode out with. Uh, there, yeah, I think like the devs have like clearly been busting their ass building this game. Um, maybe... Uh, they just need some time to sit back and polish some, polish up some stuff. Uh, and I think that like the the swing for the fences of making a a roguey city builder is a not something that we've seen very often. Uh, and so it's a welcome sight to see. But B, I think they kind of got it for the most part. It's kind of clunky in some ways, but I think like it 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 kind of works. And I will say like when I was really getting into it and in the later uh, cities that I was building out towards the the final boss, like I was super locked in and super in the zone and like really focused. I'm like, all right, I got to do this thing to get this thing and this thing to get this thing. And then when I finally beat it, it was like I needed a pack of smokes to relax afterwards. I'm like, oh, uh, and like as a result, like that kind of tempered my uh my want to st immediately start up a new round of like, Oh, I gotta go, gotta do the one more turn thing here of one more city. It was like, it was such a like, Oh, I finally like cleared that, that experience, but it was like, but that felt like justified and like, all right, well, I finally beat that thing. It was like a big relief. And I think if, if the game for me, if it wasn't like really jiving, I wouldn't have been so locked in at the time. Um, so even if it did start really high in my rankings, I think it's it's like settled in at a reasonably good spot. I'm going to give it a, a 7.8, which ties it with Grifflands. I think Grifflands has a similar kind of thing where like, yeah, like, you know, like the main thing that you do in the game is good and like the art is really good, but like the the overall progression of it, there's something off about it. Um, it could be good. It could be really good. If there was like some tweaks here and some tweaks there, maybe focus and streamline down a little bit. Uh, 
But yeah, I, th I think that's in relatively pleasant company there. Uh, and unfortunately, that's going to that's gonna put our aggregate ranking for Against the Storm uh, 27th out of 41 games that we played. Uh, you know, I, th I feel like this it's might be something... It's our new number one for standard deviation, though. <laughs> yeah, Most our, divisive our... game that we've played so far. Most divisive game since, uh, looking through the list, Cogmind, uh, which was Will's favorite game. Uh, yeah, I feel like there, there might be something here where if like a DLC or like a big content patch comes out, it might be worth revisiting. Um, and, you know, these scores are not set in stone. They could change. They could change at any time, people. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that like the, this game will work for a lot of people. It just didn't work for for us today and i also like i was kind of glad for us to cover this early in the year because if we get the bug bitten i don't know sometime in the summer or fall and come back to it and it's like a totally different experience we might change those rankings and it, and it might climb back up our list so we're giving it a an intentional long runway here um i think for for similar games uh we talked a little bit about um Factoria, ever heard of it? <laughs> Factorio, huh? Um, Frostpunk, I think, is is similar, but also different in the aspect that's... Colin, would you say it's more of like a... It's not really a board game, but it's more of like your standard city builder experience, right? It's not really roguey, It's a little more pure, purely city building. Yeah. Not. You're doing... It, it's like if you didn't have the wood chopping aspect of the glades and you just did the events. Right. Um, to some degree... The city building aspect of Dwarf Fortress is like the only major mainstream comparison that we can kind of draw to. Maybe I don't know. Like the last spell has a lot of uh, a lot of similarities. But um, one game that we haven't really talked about that I think we kind of dance around the topic of of like what if this game was only the city building part and like that was it is the game Dot Age or Dotage I guess uh, which is a, a pun on the old guy that you play in the game. That's like. It's supposed to be a roguey city builder and like, that's it. Like it's just the city building experience. There's no like outside meta progression. Like it's just the city, um, which I think is maybe a more focused experience of what we're looking for. Uh, there's a recent game that came out called uh, Roots of Yggdrasil, which I think uh, might, it, it might be following in the footsteps of these games that are trying to take the roguiness formula to city builders more generally. Um, I think in a previous episode, we talked about uh, Keeper RL, which might be something adjacent to here. And we also talked a little bit about Song of Six, SYX, uh, which also oh, might yeah. be a thing. Um, I bought but, that game and I played a little bit of it and I forgot that it existed. <laughs> uh, but Colin, you've also, you've you've played a more beaverific game of Timberborn. Oh yeah. I mean, this is very similar to Timberborn. I feel like Timberborn, Frostpunk, and... Um, whatever this game is that we're playing right now. <laughs> um, they're all very similar. Uh, uh -huh. it, uh, they've got a similar vibe. Uh, like Timberborn even has beavers in it. So there you go. <laughs> uh, but like they've got a, you know, a natural disaster you're fighting against uh, season-based hurtful events. I mean, like uh, Timberborn has uh like the drought season where it's like all the water goes away so all your power goes away and all your crops wither and die and hopefully you store enough water or all your little beaver boys are gonna die um which kind of feels like the storm um not more at all in mm. any way uh <laughs> it is a predefined like two or, or 
I don't know, maybe it's different now. I played it a while ago, but it was like three predefined maps um, and a set projection progression. And then like when I played it, they really only had one faction. And I know they've added two or three since then, but yeah. Well, one more that I'll add on here. I'm only adding it in like the similar games grouping as like, it's similar in the aspect that it's like the literal exact opposite experience, but it's still, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm throwing it in there just for funsies. Uh, the the app version of Spirit Island, I feel like is... Colin's giving me the face. Yeah. I think, like, from what I've no, played... No, I, I, I see it. Yeah, from what I've played of it on, on the app, it's like, what if, what if instead of, like, you being the bad guy cutting down the forest and, like, opening up all these bad things that are happening, what if you were the forest, like, pounding these settlers that were coming into nature with, like, an iron fist... Uh, and you know it's got randomization elements it's a board game obviously uh, but you know like to what extent can board games overlap with rogue stuff uh, I'm just going to throw it in there for for funsies because I played it and I thought it was fun and reminded me of this game um, but for yeah so so that's check out some of those games uh, if you like this uh, <laughs> some stay tunes in there um, in the meantime, if you want to email us some suggestions of other games that you would like for us to uh, say all devs go to heaven for, you can uh, send those to our email at grogpodzone at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out all of our ramblings on Mastodon with grogpod at gamedev.place and our website with all this stuff as uh, grogpod.zone, rankings and all those good things. Um that's going to close out this week, but for our next episode, Will, you might have an ace up your sleeve. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited for this one. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> uh, this is, you guys are all in for a real treat. Um, Balatro is, um, just came out literally a week ago. It's 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 not going to be, because nothing can actually be Slay This Buyer. I don't think it's actually possible, but it's up there at that level. It's, it's, it's there, you know, they're at least within... Uh, um, you know, they're a very short distance of each other, I think. Bellatro, the new hotness. I am shocked that we are playing such a new game. That's wow. Two new wow. games in a row. This this game got <laughs> mentioned on like a pretty mainstream kick uh Kickstarter themed some of you might know podcast. That's how that's how uh, like well known. We're just getting around. This is the new hotness. Ooh, indie game on the rise. And Bellatro, what a what a great name. Well, Scott, Scott, uh, you know, suggested it uh, from uh, from what, like a discord for for watching roguelites or. Yeah, I think like this was something that was blowing up kind of all over the interspace. Uh, and when I I had seen people compare it to Slay the Spire, I'm like, yeah, but they compare everything to Slay the Spire. Uh, and to see like the thing that was catching my eye was the the concurrent player count and seeing it just like skyrocket upwards and i'm like well this is clearly just a flash in the pan and it kept growing and like it has this kind of snowball phenomenon i'm like all right well let's drop it into will's view and he'll poo poo it in five seconds and that'll be the end of it and then will was like i just played it it's the greatest thing since sliced bread I'm like uh oh what monster have we unleashed it's it's a thing of beauty these are happiest times when you get a great video <laughs> game going on and so uh, it's it's a uh, seven days out i think i have 46 hours into the game already so this uh full time job i should i should be, I feel ashamed uh, to be honest uh, of this level of uh enjoying a game but there it is all right well join us for our next episode with uh balatro not balatro <laughs>
I think it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is Bellatrix. Like, I haven't actually looked at any pronunciation guides. That's what it says on Wikipedia anyway. So, uh, but anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. And to play us out from this episode, uh, go and grab some biscuits and pie, sit down next to the nice warm hearth, put on some Against the Storm soundtrack, and let's watch the drizzle fall. <laughs>